What's up, party peoples? It's EK back with my homie Kyle to wrap up the rest of our Big 12 conference preview slash big board action. What's up, Kyle? How you feeling, man? Pretty good. It's going to be a... Uh, I think we can fly through this one, so... Get yeah, we did like... Uh, done in an hour? Yeah. I'm going to say we pretty much did the only teams that we cared about last week, with the exception of like two that you got left. Uh, I got a big bag of All nothing. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, since you have the only ones that anyone's going to care about, why don't you fire off first? Yeah, we'll start in Oklahoma, rounding out their Big 12 career headed to the SEC next year um, and getting ready for their transition to the SEC. They hired last season, Brett Venables to be their head coach. Uh, personally, I thought it was one of the best head coaching hires of the, the cycle. Uh, mixed results in year one, I think six and seven was their final record. Um, but Venables brought in Jeff Levy to be his offensive coordinator from Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin and Levy has been at, at Baylor under Art Bryles, at UCF under Josh Heupel, um, obviously Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. This guy has learned under the best offensive minds in the nation, run some of the best offenses in the country, and Oklahoma gets that kind of boost for your CFF stars. Um, last year, Dylan Gabriel was the leader of the offense at quarterback. He finished at QB 16 in CFF among returning quarterbacks for this season. He had 3,000 passing yards, 25 passing touchdowns, six interceptions, and six rushing TDs. I think Gabriel is pretty much locked in as a uh, QB2, late QB1 type CFF guy for this year. I mean, he's going into his like super senior season. He has tons of experience. Oh, no. You still still What's don't have connection? it. Test. Can you hear me? Streamyard says I'm making noise. I think I think it's Eric who's going crazy here. Um, I'm not sure it's me. And now he's muted. He has right. muted himself. Can you hear me now? Yes. Say something. Can you hear? Can you hear me? I can, but I don't think you're coming through my headphones. Ah, uh, so it was an Eric issue. <clears throat> well, the technical difficulties right. always come from the older person. Uh, all right, let's let's roll with it. We'll just uh, <laughs> chop that. We'll chop that out on the YouTube. It's gonna be, gonna be a bumpy road. <laughs> anyway, Dylan Gabriel. A little um, bit start too, just so you know. I don't know if you can tweak your volume or sit a little closer to your mic. But, better now. Um, all right, so so tell me about Jeff Levy. Yeah. So, do you want me to go all the way back to the beginning or?
Oh. Oh, I can hear you now. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I know you're back. Got four minutes of nothing right. here. You can't hear me? No, I can. Oh, Do you want me to start all the way over or? No, 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 no. Jeff Levy, he's he's the mastermind Dylan Gabriel returning QB 16. <laughs> he's locked in as a – and then you went dead. Late QB 1, QB 2 <laughs> type CFF producer. Um, I think the Dylan Gabriel Devi dream is just about dead for most people. He's very dead. I mean, <laughs> he's probably a UDFA seventh rounder type guy, I think. But yeah, tough go yeah, of it in terms of injuries and whatnot. Season, but but yeah, I, I think it's just incredible that you know he's still around, still kicking. Um, but. The big deal at quarterback really comes from this freshman class, and that is one Jackson Arnold, the uh, five-star freshman quarterback via 24-7, um, considered by most in you know our Devi C2C community to be the, the QB4 or the QB5, depending on how you feel about Nico Yamaleyaba. Um, and he's usually not considered like a tier one freshman quarterback, but usually tier two and usually the top of tier two. Um, Jackson Arnold back in high school had 67 touchdowns in his final two seasons, just eight interceptions in those two seasons. And he was playing in Texas, 6A level. I mean, high competition. This is a guy who, you know, makes those off-platform type of baseball throws like a Patrick Mahomes or um, a Josh Allen. But he doesn't quite have that rocket arm that a lot of people want to see. But um, he makes plays with his legs. He'll be a dual threat type guy. He's reminiscent to me of Matt Corral. Um, and, you know, Matt Corral had tons of success under Jeff Levy at Ole Miss in terms of CFF. Um, so Jackson Arnold, definitely somebody that I'm targeting and somebody that I'm trading for recently. Um, yes. <laughs> you all. You only got that done because one, I love Barry and Brown, and two, I was desperate to get my roster down to <laughs> size before the start of the season. So yeah, I think overall Jackson Arnold, I'd consider him pretty close to a lock to be a future CFF quarterback one. Um, the Devi potential is is there, but I'm not completely sold. But I think long term CFF, this is a great great asset to have. Um, and then rounding out their quarterback room, 2022 four-star Nick Evers is still on the roster. Um, not sure what to make of that. I haven't really seen anything about whether or not which, which guy is going to be QB2 going into the season, but um, Dylan Gabriel's really probably going to be the guy for all 12 games this year. I thought Nick Evers transferred. Did he? Yeah, I thought he he's, didn't. He's at um he's at Oklahoma. He's at uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Jeez. Yeah. So um, and, and ignore for that. The record. I I think I think Jackson Arnold. The more I think about it, is he's probably like my QB three or four at worst in this class. Like I think I like wow. his tape better than Arch Manning's tape. If you take the Manning out of it, I wouldn't even hesitate. I like that take. Yeah. I'm going to regret not having more of him because he's been cheap. But all those late firsts I had, I grabbed like Carnell Tate, John Tay Cook, right? Who just seemed like 
virtual locks to me to be uh, Debbie guys and quarterbacks are just so much riskier inherently, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, the okay. rest of this Oklahoma offense for this season, pretty, um, pretty bare, pretty thin. Um, they lose a bunch of offensive weapons. Wide receiver Marvin Mims goes to the NFL. Eric Gray goes to the NFL. Uh, starting tight end Braden Willis also moves on to the NFL. So at running back, you have Marcus Major returning for his fifth season in college. Um, I mean, I think he's going to be like the locker room guy, but I don't really see him stepping up. He's a guy who has 500 career rushing yards in five seasons, has pretty much always been the backup at Oklahoma, will probably continue to be um, because of two sophomores who were both high four stars last year, I believe and that is Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk. Um, Javante Barnes was kind of the guy to lead the way his freshman year. Um, between the two, Javante Barnes pretty much took over the RB2 role by the end of the season behind Eric Gray. Um, he had 519 yards and five touchdowns last year. He's a physical north-south runner, um, bigger guy, not super impressive in the receiving game, but still – a, uh, a good runner of the football. And then on the other hand, you have Gavin Sawchuk, who, um, you know, took over the RB1 role in the bowl game last year before after not playing at all in the regular season. But in the bowl game, he had 15 r- rushes for 100 yards and a touchdown. He's a guy who's super fast, but a little smaller. He's 5'11", 187. Um, I think this is a great thunder and lightning combo for this year and for next year as well. I mean, both these guys at least have to stay for next year. So I think that'll be a fun little running back room. And then they also added two freshmen to that room this year. That's three-star Dalen Smothers and three-star Caleb Hicks. Um, these guys are both three stars, but I think most of the guys, you know, around our Devi community are a little higher on these guys than three stars. I mean, a lot of people like Caleb Hicks specifically, He's 5'11", 195, pretty fast, agile agile running back. Um, could be somebody to watch. And then at wide receiver, they lose Marvin Mims, who was, you know, all of their receiving offense last year. Um, Theo Weezy also transfers to Mizzou after and just abysmal year. I mean, his dream, <laughs> the dream of Theo Weezy, I think, is – pretty much dead but long gone my friend long gone and now he's long gone from oklahoma um so returning for oklahoma at wide receiver first of all is jalil farouk um he had 37 receptions 466 yards and five touchdowns he'll likely be the uh the lead boundary receiver for oklahoma and then drake stoops um son of either Bob or Mike, one of the two, uh, will likely be the starting slot receiver. Uh, Last season, he had 39 receptions, 393 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, I mean, he'll likely have all of the slot snaps this year unless somebody else breaks out. Um, I mean, Marvin Mims took some of them last year, but it'll probably be Drake Stoops in the slot. He could be interesting for CFF. I I don't think there's enough athleticism there for him to be a Debbie guy. 
Um, so that's pretty gross. Do you think Farouk is a Debbie guy? I, I feel like he, not because I think he's, he just hasn't broken out, and that's a bad profile. Yeah. Unless he goes he'll, like he'll be in the NFL, but he won't be a starter. Yeah, to be like day two eligible, he'd have to like destroy this year, come back for a fourth year, and destroy again. The crazy thing about Farouk is that you know he he went to high school with Caleb and. Everybody was hyping him up because, oh, they're coming in together. They're going to have such great chemistry. And then he uh, stayed at Oklahoma after Caleb and Lincoln Riley left for USC. So, Dude, he probably looked at the wide receiver room at USC <laughs> and was like, yeah, bro, I'm good. Like, I don't think he would have started over Gary Bryant. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah. I have no I idea. Mean, what... Oh, go ahead. You have those two returning, and then after that, it's gross. But, I mean, somebody's got to be doing something, right? Um, there's two sophomores who were four-stars last cycle. That's Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson. Um, neither of those guys shed the year one zero tag last season, so not great for their profiles. I personally don't remember hyping either of them up last year. Um yeah, um, the one kid played well in the spring game, Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got, I had some shares of him because he was cheap and he scored a, like a long touchdown, but then he didn't get on the field at all after that. And then, like, word was in practice, he was dropping balls and literally not being in the right places, which has continued this year. So he's dead. Dropping. <laughs> Yeah, and then from the portal, they add two guys. First of all is um, Texas from Texas, true sophomore Brennan Thompson, who was a year one zero last year, so not super interested there. And then they add from Michigan, junior Andrell Anthony. Um, I mean, Anthony's kind of been a guy that we've, you know, sort of been impressed with at Michigan. Like, he pops off every now and then. He's super athletic, but, you know, Michigan throws the ball 15 times a game. What are you going to do? Um, Anthony and actually has, has good wide receiver talent always. Is the other yeah. Thing. Yeah, like Nico Collins, like totally underutilized. Um, guys like that. I mean, he has 328 yards in the last two seasons, four touchdowns. I mean, he's gotten some hype too. Like, like the Oklahoma beats have all – when they – got Anthony we're all like yeah this guy has no production but the staff's super excited that they got him um I didn't see a ton about his performance in spring but I think he's sort of interesting if he um takes over and then they bring in true freshman Jacques Petaway who was the wide receiver 10 in the class per 24-7 he is 5'11 170 with track speed He's been clocked at 21.5 miles per hour in pads. He's not really a refined route runner yet, but he um, has the speed to push defenses over the top. I think that could get him on the field as a true freshman, especially considering that that speed is something they're kind of lacking from other guys. Um, so I think in terms of freshman, Jacques Petaway is pretty interesting. I don't think I'd have him as like a wide 
Marvin Mims, I mean, kind of the same uh, measurables coming in were very similar. Yeah. I personally wouldn't have him as wide receiver 10 like 24-7 does, but um, he is interesting. Um, if you've paid attention and you've heard some hype about a freshman named Keon Brown who was headed to Oklahoma, just know that that is no longer a thing. He was academically ineligible and is now going to junior college. So just figured that was um, important to mention. And then they have two other wide receivers who I guess could maybe do something. One of those is DJ Graham, who came to Oklahoma as a wide receiver out of high school, turned into a cornerback before his freshman season, played like four seasons at cornerback, and is now going back to wide receiver. Um, <laughs> he had over 2,000 receiving yards in high school, had two receptions for 74 yards in the spring game. Um, he's going to be on the field, I think. Like, it sounds like he'll be like at least wide receiver four, wide receiver five. So he'll be on the field a little bit. If he pops, it'll be a name to watch. And then former Arizona State wide receiver LV Bunkley Shelton is on this team. Um, that was a surprise to me because he was on this team last year and did Jack. Um, mm. I think the dreams. Yeah, he was a guy that too. had hype as a freshman because he had a little bit of success, right? Yeah. And what happened? The, the black abyss of college football uh, uh, <laughs> bumps in the road. Yeah, swallowed this man up. Um, all right. So in terms of like ranking these guys, I mean Arnold. I like Arnold more. I mean, I'd put him over Arch Manning, honestly. For, for let's Jeffy. do it. Let's do it. All right, cool. Let's be, let's be, let's be both brave and daring. And while you do that, just real quick, tight end, Oklahoma, Austin Stogner, you know, was at Oklahoma before, spent a semester abroad in the wilderness of South Carolina last year, uh, transferred with Spencer Rattler, decided South Carolina was not for him and is now headed back to Oklahoma. Um, he had 26 receptions, 422 yards, and three touchdowns as a true sophomore at Oklahoma. Um, he's a guy who I think is going to catch at least 25 passes, if not, you know, 30, 35. So that makes him CFF tight end relevant. You know what? I, honestly, I think he gets drafted late too, which yeah. is like fine I agree. for an NFL guy. I don't know if he's a thing in the NFL, but you never can tell. He could go for 600 yards this year and – go to the senior bowl and be like <laughs> the next thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, for CFF, I like him better than anyone other than RJ Maryland and up, but I could be talked into putting him ahead of Fairchild. Um, so we have him ahead of Ferguson, Yasmin. We have him behind RJ Maryland, Mason Fairchild, Dalvin Smith. Um, for CFF, I feel like Jaleel Farouk, I just, if I knew he was going to get, the target share that Marvin Mims got last year, I would have him higher than this, right? Like yeah. right behind Wiglets, probably. But yeah. I just I just don't know if he gets it. What do you think? I don't I don't think anybody's gonna get the target share that Mims got last year. I think it's yeah, gonna be pretty ugly that, for the wide receivers. Like a bunch of six or seven hundred yard pass catchers, and that's it, right? Yeah. So um and then I think for CFF purposes. Um, so just for, you know, if you're listening and not watching to this, that makes Jalil Farouk like our wide receiver. Like, 30 something. Yeah. Like 30, 29 ish ahead of Jared Brown, 
Curly should be higher. Yes. I'm just going to take care of that right now because that's, that's <laughs> a bonkers ranking we have. I think we did this a while ago, and now it's kind of like pretty established that he's going to get the wide receiver one there. Yeah. Um, so the running backs, I think if, if I knew one of them was going to get all the work, I would have them very high on our list. But um, not knowing that, I think Javante Barnes is the guy. I think Sawchuck might be a guy, but Marcus Majors is going to get some carries. He's gotten some carries sad. his entire career and hasn't done anything with them. <laughs> I, I hear you. I just I feel like they're still going to give him like a hundred carries this season or something like that because they do every uh, year. I right? doubt it. Uh, well, I mean, I think if he doesn't, then I mean, Javante Barnes could be. I mean, Barnes separated himself from Major last season. He did. Like and Barnes had more yards. Him. Barnes had more rushing yards last season than Major has in his career. Do you want to put Barnes higher? <laughs> I think Aiden Robbins, Ontario Brown. No, I don't that, think so because I think it is going to be a, a two running back situation. Yeah, I, I see him getting I don't like think Robbins yards is. and like a handful of touchdowns, right? Um, yeah. But if either one of these guys, you know, gets the the full load, they'll be. Very interesting because Oklahoma is going to run the ball. Dylan Gabriel, right now, I, I think, have him as QB ten. Does that sound right? Would you rather have Dylan Gabriel or Curtis Rourke or Kayvon Cordero? I think Rourke's close, but you know what? I can move back a little bit because who's catching the ball? You know? Yeah. It's e- it's a lot easier for me to tell an upside story with Quinn Ewers. Yeah, yeah, I like I like right after Ewers, right before Ward. I think that's a good spot. I think so. And then for Debbie purposes, um, Stogner talked about Duquesne Petaway, I think, is the only guy there for Debbie at this point. And obviously, he's a TBD. I mean, I don't know. Would you put him behind Tayshaun Lyons and Rashid Williams? No. I think he's got more. He's got I- He's got a very yeah, clear path to targets. I think there's like even like more of a path for him than there is like Jojo Earl. And there's so I, many I players. Yeah. I agree. I don't think Jojo Earl is even the guy this year. We've talked about this. I think he's yeah. I think the Jojo Earl dream is not dead, but I think it's like on its last legs. And nothing the beats said this spring have told me that Jojo Earl is going to be the guy. They say nice stuff about him, but it's like it's Richardson, right? The players talk about Sabian Robinson, you know. Um, all right, so Debbie, how, I mean, how Barnes much do you like to... Elijah Badger? Because I think Noel is too low. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I have less of an opinion on Badger than you do. I think um, I like Noel a lot. I, I agree, he should be higher. I honestly draft him yeah. in that Jordan Tyson range. Like, I'd probably rather have Cordale Russell, but I could see myself splitting those 50-50. Because Noel's already done stuff. He's not a year one zero. He's got NFL speed. He might not be a complete receiver. He might be a take-off-the-top guy. But nonetheless, he's I think he's got a really clear path to the draft. Yeah, my one concern is they're, like, lying about his height. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, and he's not – his his hands aren't great. But um, I still think he goes. I think he goes for like 
a thousand yards as long as they have somebody throwing them the ball and it sounds like somebody's not hunter deckers is well hunter deckers is somebody yeah he's somebody that's probably not playing football this year what happened oh is that the gambling thing he's he's being investigated as part of the gambling thing But it seems like the tone I'm getting from people that kind of know a little bit more about it than you or me is the tone is that he might not be playing this year. Wild. So what do you think about Barnes and Sawchuck? I mean, Sawchuck's a little guy, right? But super explosive. He needs a very, like, narrow tree of things to happen to go to the NFL. Whereas Javante Barnes, I feel like, you know, give him a couple of thousand yard seasons and he's at least a day three guy. Yeah. I mean, I like Sachuk a lot. He just came in small last year and I haven't seen an update yet on where he's at in terms of adding weight. He's kind of thin frame is the thing, Sachuk. Yeah. He's just, he's he, like. He, he came in last year at like 180 something, 187. Yeah. He's 5'11". I don't think he gets to 200 so, in his college career, but he might not have to. You know, he could be a James Cook. I think I, if he does get to 200, though, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. And I think in terms of um, – in, in PPR League, CFF, I, I, I like him more than I would standard, clearly, because yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he's the lightning. Sawchuck. Yeah, Sawchuck's going to be a yeah. pass catcher. And if, just for anyone that's listening, it's not – not looking at us on the screen. We've got Javante Barnes behind Damian Martinez, Jonathan Brooks, Bucky Irving. We've got Sawchuck six spots past that behind Alton McCaskill and Camry Cook. I could be convinced to move Sawchuck up. Um, and I think, you know, if he comes in the first few games and, and plays well and, and does damage, uh, I think Cameron Cook's basically the same guy, but has a chance to do something this year. That's the only reason I admire, but you, you can move it if you want. I don't care much about it. Um, but I think that's the range he should be in, you know. Um, you know, definitely has some upside. You know, he's a guy you can see if he gets the RB1 role there, we could be talking about him in a really different light this time next year. It'll be really fun if one of them transfers out next year. Yeah. Like if they're both yes. good this year and then one transfers out. I feel like. I feel like there's a culture there that they could both play, though. You know what I mean? I mean, Javante Barnes and Eric Gray are a pretty, pretty similar style, I think. Barnes is faster and smaller. Um, you know, they do like the thunder and lightning thing, but I don't know. It's really the new OC, so who knows? What, what's he done at other schools? No, Levy was there last year. I just oh, okay. mentioned it because I really like him. I mean, he was there at... Ole Miss when it was Parrish and um, who the heck else? Not Zach Evans. Yeah, three guys that were good. The guy who's on the Chiefs now, who's really small, Jerry on Ely. Um, yeah, yeah, he's on the Chiefs now. I thought he was a Packer. Maybe he I don't know. Around, he's a wide receiver, right? isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he is a practice squad player. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. he's a good call. Anything guy, else? He's just too small for the NFL. Um, um, are, no. are we even ranking Gabriel for Debbie? I mean, no, right? Last. Eight, put him near the end. I mean, yeah, I think he I mean, we're ranking Cordero, right? Yeah. So I'll put him down here. 
All right. I am going to launch into the dark, dark place that is the University of Central Florida football in 2023. This is a team that's been fun in the past, you know, when they had Gabriel. Um, and who was the coordinator that year? Yeah, um, um, Josh Heupel. Was, was it Heupel? Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. When they were slinging the ball around, that was Heupel. Yeah. So, and McKenzie I Milton. feel like they're playing the same style of offense, but they're not. It's not the same execution. It's not the same level. And you know, could that be that they they don't have the talent of quarterback? I don't know. So they do have a very CFF friendly quarterback who's coming back for God. What's got to be a sixth year, right? John <laughs> Rise Plumley, who last year threw for almost 2,600 yards, but more excitingly ran for 860 yards and 11 touchdowns, made him QB 18 amongst returning quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Plumley is not a Debbie guy, but he is certainly a fun CFF quarterback to own. Plumley's uh, just like know, a you, like a impressive college athlete. Like he plays on the UCF baseball team too. Yeah. Um super athletic, like just an impressive athlete, but you know, not refined enough in the quarterback skills to play that position in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. He's Taysom Hill, right? I mean, but, yeah. but like minor league Taysom Hill. Uh nonetheless, he's a guy you want to roster for CFF for sure. It is his uh his backfield there and he's gonna run 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 um you know you take him as a, a cheap qb1 a great qb2 to have on a cff team um he doesn't have a ton to throw to he does have javon baker who i did like um as a recruit who transferred from is he a bama transfer or ohio state not sure i can't, I can't remember um, transferred in from one of the powerhouses, Javon Baker did. Uh, Bama, right? Because And I remember Devonta Smith was talking about him uh, as being like the next guy there, and that's why I was on Baker for Debbie. And he was not bad last year. He had 56 catches for 792 yards and five tutties. Um, and he had some smash games, and he had some like single-digit games. And that was what made him rough to be rostering last year. I think looking at the gestalt of this second year with Plumley, second year of Baker on the team, Baker could be an actual diamond in the rough for CFF purposes, at least. I mean, you know, second year of the gang together, I could see him going for a thousand and seven, uh, which makes him a pretty darn good wide receiver. And I, I can count the number of people that I've heard talking about Javon Baker on my nose, you know, like nobody is talking about this kid at all. Um, and he was you know, a high four-star recruit, got praise, transferred out of, you know, the powerhouse to get playing time. Uh, there's a lot to like about him this year for CFF. He'd have to do some really crazy things to become a Debbie asset, just, you know, late bloomer. Uh, he'd, he'd have to put up like one of those Xavier Hutchinson type seasons to get uh, you know, draft capital. Like if he goes for a hundred catches, 1400 yards. Yeah. He's going to the senior bowl. Right. But that's a, 
I mean, pretty small probability chance. Um, he is six one two oh eight and a former Alabama recruit. Like, yeah. So if he goes for like a twelve hundred yards, I could see an NFL GM talking himself into him. Yeah, well, he, he, I see him as a senior bowl guy. You know what I mean? One of those guys that gets the hype, you know, early winter. He starts getting the postings from, you know, what's his face that runs the bowl. And, um, Matt Nagy. You know, really starts to kind of rise on draft boards at that point. And honestly, I don't think that's even like a far cry. Like you said, he's got a good profile. Like, what are we faulting him for that he couldn't play ahead of a bunch of five stars? So. I uh, play ahead of I think Devonta that's my Smith. outside yeah. tangent. Yeah, my outside tangent rant for the week is Javon Baker could actually be at least a good college wide receiver. Um, and then, uh, you know, the running back here has typically been an excellent CFF asset. Uh, Isaiah Bowser put up a couple of years back to back of just basically, like, basically just an excellent, you know runner into the end zone from the two-yard line. <laughs> That's all it takes to be successful as a UCF running back, though. Yeah, but that was that was always Bowser, right? He he, yeah. he was he was giving you 20 points a week, but it was 70 yards and, and two touchdowns. Yeah. 70, it was like 20 know, points yards. a week on like three yards per carry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so R.J. Harvey is likely their RB1. He went for... Uh, 118 carries, 796 uh, yards, and 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 five tutties last year. Uh, most 12 points per game, and now he gets to be the lead dog. Um, he could be very interesting. Uh, and again, a guy that's just dirt cheap, um, not really getting drafted at all. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a 20 point per game, like high. Uh, waiver claim week one, week two guy for a lot of leagues. The other interesting thing to talk about at UCF is my man, Demarcus Bowman, has been cited. He has been he has been photographed carrying the football, and he has made gains and gotten hype from beat writers. If you guys don't know, Demarcus Bowman was like the freshman RB three or so. Uh, a few seasons back, I think it was B. John's. Yeah, it was B. John's freshman year. He was in that class and had just has not been able to uh, be on the field, has had, you know, off the field troubles or not been able to gain carries in backfields with less talented people. But the dude is fast. Um, Maybe he's one of those guys that, like, towards the end of this season, he starts to get carries. And next year, he's a super producer as the RB1 in this system. I think that's a, a path that I could see happening for realistic chance of, of, of uh, coming to fruition. So I don't, I don't remember, but is he more of, like, a, like a bigger pounder guy or smaller? Uh he, he yeah he was he's like workhorse size but he's not a pounder he's like a slashing runner picture like Gavin Sawchuck style but with ten pounds more that's that was Demarcus Bowman and he was exciting dude and he, he he could lay the truck stick on people he had a good jump cut in high school like you know he was a kid that I thought was going to be an NFL player for sure um, but. You know, so so goes uh, so goes the way sometimes. Um, all right, 
Yeah, I think RJ Harvey, if he really gets the work share, could deserve a higher ranking than you're giving him. Do you not I think mean, he gets the work? I mean, where would Bowser I, have I been think, on this list? I think that like looks bad, but I think the guys ahead of him, like Shrug. Frank Pezen is locked into like 16 points a game. We think Tylen Hines is like a 16 to 20 points per game guy. John yeah. Lee Eldridge, if he's the super back at Air Force, is going to kill it. Malik Sherrod averaged like 14, 15 points a game last year. Vidal did too. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with you. You know, uh, like I said, he doesn't get drafted very highly at all. So I think the consensus is pretty low on him. But I think he's a guy that, like, in that range, um, could really produce. Like, if I'm looking for a running back late in these last couple supplementals I'm doing, this is a guy that I might tag. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, if Bowman does kind of pop off, though, and it's kind of a two-running back system, man. It won't be yeah, quite the same be. as right Bowser. Now it seems like it's clearly Harvey as the one, but he's not the most talented guy there. Even the beach said, oh, Bowman's clearly the most athletic guy in the room, but, you know, has got to prove something before anyone pays attention to him uh, on any real basis. I think, um, yeah, I agree. And I think uh, Kobe Hudson is still there at wide receiver, wide receiver two. Going into this year, most likely with O'Keefe gone, um, I think he could be interesting. But, yeah, all the other interesting UCF players pretty much transferred out this year. I mean, Mikey Keene is, is uh, gone. Castellanos is gone. BYU or Stanford? BYU. Is there a LJ Martin at Stanford, too? Yes, he's at Stanford. Six one two oh seven freshman. At least fan tracks thinks he's at Stanford. He was until signing day when he flipped to BYU. Got it. So fan tracks is unsurprisingly <laughs> not kept up with this. Anyway, Kobe Hudson is at UCF as well. I mean, also a former SEC wide receiver at Auburn. He had 641 yards on 39 catches last year. I mean, I think he's CFF relevant to an extent. I mean, 800 yards is not hard to see. I don't think he's very good, personally. Yeah, but, I mean, the offense produces yards through the air. It does. And like it who else? Around, you know. I mean, O'Keefe had seventy-three receptions last year. Yeah. Did he outperform Baker? No, Baker had the edge on yards, I think, but fewer receptions, if I recall correctly. No, Baker had more receptions and yards. Kobe yeah. Hudson had more touchdowns, but yeah, Hudson was like purely a deep threat. I mean, sixteen point four points per, per yards per reception. That's Sorry. crazy. I think he just belongs, you know, somewhere down here, probably below Justin Lockhart, below Monterey Baldwin, probably about here. Uh, 
Alright, is that all we have to talk about with UCF? That's all I got. Let's move on to a school (laughs) that is more fun to talk about. Texas Tech. Hell of an offense. Down in Lubbock. I mean, um, you know, Texas Tech has seemingly always had a good offense, going back to, you know, Mike Leach, Cliff Kingsbury, and um, they are definitely there once again with Zach Kitley as their offensive coordinator. Um, if you don't remember, Kitley moved up to FBS two years, three years ago at Western Kentucky with Bailey Zappi, um, killed it there, and then got the job at Texas Tech as the OC. And he's been pretty dang successful. I mean, he took over a team that averaged 416 total yards a game last season or in 2021. And last season they averaged 461 total yards per game. 300 passing yards per game. Um, So this is a strong passing offense. It was a strong rushing attack last year too. So I'm pretty interested in anybody who wins a job here at Texas Tech. And um, the first of those job winners is Tyler Shaw. Show. I I think it's Show. You know, formerly of Oregon. That name. I won't attempt. (laughs) Formerly of Oregon fame. was the uh, QB one on Walter football's rookie rankings for like two years, <laughs> which is my favorite Tyler show fact. Um, Your favorite Walter football fact too. Sure. Oh yeah. No, I hate Walter football. Uh, different, yeah. different story for a different time anyway. But um Shao is now starting for his third season at Texas tech, despite um, a little bit of a challenge from Baron Morton in this spring. Um, Shao last year actually went undefeated as a starting quarterback. Um, he missed a bunch of games, but he uh, finished the year 4-0 in his last four starts, looked great in last, those last four games, beat Oklahoma among some other wins. Um, he averaged 25 college fantasy points per game in those last four games. Um, so that would be good for QB9 if he could – push that for an entire season. And I think, you know, if he's healthy and this offense is firing on all cylinders, that's, that's possible ceiling for him is, you know, really, really good CFF quarterback. He also brings some playing with his legs. He rushed last year, 60 times for 264 yards and three touchdowns. Um, So, I mean, he's a guy who's going to make plays through the air and on the ground, a quarterback in a, in a really strong system. I think, for CFF, Tyler Shaw is definitely a guy you have to watch. Um, yeah, I think he's the most interesting piece on that team to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, if he's going to be successful, there's going to have to be guys who catch the ball, right? Yeah, um, and I like both of them too, honestly. I'm a big Jaron Bradley guy. I think he took over most of the work last year, right? We all thought it was going to be – Miles Price coming in Not and Jared Bradley had some hype after a good freshman Not year. We all. And, I was so you, pro you like, Bradley last year. Yeah, were you? There I was also like some Bradley. Mississippi State transfer that I was excited about who did, never did a dang thing, but whatever. <laughs> Look, I think Bradley has like somewhat of a Debbie profile, even. I mean, the only problem is like, there's so many big guys in this class that like, what's he, yeah. you know, he doesn't stand out. Right. Like I'd rather have Gadsden than Bradley. I'm taking like a big, big slot guy. 
Um, Bradley has some X ability though. You know, he can get yeah. some releases. He has ability to get get free on the outside that maybe some of the other big men don't. Um, yeah, I mean, Darren Bradley just for for reference, six foot five. Last season had fifty one receptions, seven hundred forty four yards, and six touchdowns. Uh, meanwhile, the other guy we're talking about here is Miles Price. He was their go-to slot wide receiver at just five foot ten. He had fifty-one receptions, five hundred thirteen yards, and just two touchdowns. Um, everybody was pretty excited about Price last year, but like two touchdowns isn't going to cut it. Five hundred yards really isn't going to cut it for CFF either. Um, and he then was also, up, but none, nonetheless, I think it's just yeah. that Bradley is the guy. And then also returning are Xavier White and Luke Fungi. Um, White had 45, 572, and 3 as the other slot receiver, kind of filling in for Price and whatnot. And then Fungi had 34, 451, and 3. I think he'll probably be on the field as the wide receiver 3 quite a bit this year. Um, so, I mean, it was super spread out last year. We'd love to see a wide receiver pop off in this offense, a la um, the kid from WKU. Corley. Yeah, Corley or the guy from before him. But we just didn't see it last year. So, I mean, I, Bradley could take the next step. I mean, we, he could, you know, jump to a 1,000-yard receiver, and then we'd be really interested. But I'm just not sure that, like, any of these guys aren't Jags. Yeah. I mean, tell me if you feel differently. I mean, I think Bradley's got a Debbie profile, but after that, there's not really anyone on the roster I care about as a pass catcher. I do like Todd. Um, Xavier White has dual eligibility. At least he did last year. And there is there was like one game that they also gave him some carries. Um, and he like popped off for one game. So I don't know if that's a thing that you're going to see more usage with this year, but that could make him an interesting guy. If he picks up the Sir Roderick Thompson carries, is that going to happen? I, I don't know. It's just purely speculation. And then my big question for Texas tech is, was it a timeshare because Sir Roderick Thompson was good or was it a timeshare because they want a timeshare and they believe in, <coughs> Keeping the guys fresh. Um, <clears throat> that's my big concern of Todd Brooks, because if he gets all the work, he's like a top 20 RB. He has the potential to. If he really yeah. gets like 80% of the work, he catches passes. He's a big guy, actually has some skill, probably not athletic enough to be a high-level NFL prospect, but certainly enough to be you know, a CFF rocket ship um, if they just give him the damn ball. Yeah, I think the issue is – they play fast. That tends to not be great for, you know, having one running back. Um, yeah. I do think Taj Brooks is going to have more than that 50% he had last year. The question is just like, is that 60 or is that, you know, 75, 80? Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think they do like the hypo thing where they're like rotating series, like pretty much no matter what, you know, rather than having like a guy or even having situational guys. But if there is one guy who separates himself and, you know, can stay on the field, I think that is something to watch. Um, I do have plenty of Brooks myself. And, yeah, there is – I can paint a picture where he's a, you know, 20 points per game guy next year. So, yeah, I think it, he's very interesting. 
Yeah. And then like too much mental gymnastics to make it happen. Yeah. One other guy who I've heard like nobody talk about, I found I think is super interesting is the guy they actually got from the portal to play at wide receiver. And that is Austin P transfer. Dre McCray moves up from the FCS to the FBS had power five offers from Colorado, Northwestern, Oregon, Virginia tech, Indiana, Maryland. I mean, he, he was a coveted FCS guy last year. Um, he's five foot nine, one seventy seven, and is just stupidly fast. He ran a 10.33 100-meter time in high school, which puts him up with, like, you know, Waddle, Metcalf-type speed, just ridiculously fast. Um, like I said, he's only five foot nine, but at Austin P, he only played about 40% of his snaps in the slot. I mean, there's a path to this guy, you know, starting alongside Bradley and Price and, you know, taking the top off defenses. I mean, last year he had 76 receptions, 1,022 yards, and nine touchdowns as a true sophomore. He also, like, he has two years of eligibility as well. I mean, this is a guy that I think, you know, nobody's talked about, but could be really good. I mean, you add to this, add to the speed that he caused the most missed tackles of any wide receiver in the FCS last year. I mean, he's speedy, he's elusive, and he has prior production. I think Dre McCray is a guy that we need to be talking about that just I have not seen mentioned before. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe a nice last round flyer or certainly got a watch list. I mean, that's that's real production right there. And I don't think Funoji is any, you know talent that's going to keep him off the field if the kid's really good. Absolutely. Um, they did, Texas Tech did put out a post-spring depth chart and McCray was the starting Z. So um, I think that's high praise for a guy who just entered the, the, the team to take the starting Z role in just, you know, 15 practices. So I think they're really excited about McCray. And I think we should be too. Interesting. Love it. And then uh, at running this. back, there is a freshman joining the joining the crew in Anquan Willis, a four-star athlete who is playing running back. Um, head coach Joy McGuire comped him to Abram Smith of Baylor fame. Of course, McGuire was the OC back when Smith was at Baylor. So um, pretty lofty comp in terms of college um, production. So I think Anquan Willis is a player to watch, and I think that's pretty much all I got for Texas Tech. Yeah. I um, I dropped the ball, and I didn't rank any of these guys while you were talking. <laughs> but I do like Jaron Bradley for CFF. I think you got to you got to get him in there. I think I like him more than um, – do you like, do you rather Wiglitz or Bradley? Wiglitz. But I, I Baker, right? You'd rather have Bradley than Baker, or, or do you put it below him? I, put I find it easy to talk Bradley. myself into Bradley just having the same production as he did last year again. I mean, I think they'll have better quarterback play with, if Shao stays healthy. Right. But, like, is it that big of a jump? I'm not sure. Speaking of Shao, um, how do you be. feel about Shao as a CFF quarterback going into this year? 
Oh, I like him a lot. I think I like him more than Gabriel, don't you? Yeah. Probably right there, though. Just right there? I'd rather have you. I just think yours with, like, those weapons has such incredible upside. Yeah, that's fair. And then where do you want to put? Taj Brooks. God. Yeah, Brooks. I think right after Hines, above Dylan Johnson. Yeah, I'm fine with that. It's a good spot. Upside guys that have some floor. Uh, okay. And then do you want to rank for Debbie? Trey McCray? He's 5'7", so oh, he's, unless he's, he's Tyree Kill. He wrote 5'9 in the sheet. Yeah, okay. He's 5'9". He still kind of has to be Tyree Kill, right? I mean... Um, Plenty of 5'9 wide receivers, but yeah. I mean, yeah. freshman breakout. See what happens this year. Uh, I, I think I'd rank him higher for Debbie than Jaron Bradley. I think that's fair. I, don't know, I guess Jaron Bradley has a breakout, think... too, and some good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know. You want to talk about K State? Yeah, go for it. So, K State, I like to describe as a scrappy team in the Big 12 last year. Uh, rode to some victories on the back of one Deuce Vaughn. Uh, did, they not, did they not win the conference as a scrappy team last year? You tell me. <laughs> they did, right? Yeah. Or they played in the championship game for it. So I say scrappy in terms of like not a flashy team, right? Like run first, threw the ball enough so that quarterback Will Howard was a it guy was that you wanted. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, Will Howard, good for 19.36 points per game last year. Pocket passer, not a running guy. Nonetheless, uh, got it done. Um, now, Deuce Vaughn is gone, which leaves us with a massive hole in production that this team is going to have to fill somehow or the other. Do they throw the ball more? Do they try to get one of the other options on the roster or a transfer to be Deuce Vaughn? I don't think they have someone with that talent level in the room, uh, but they got a couple of guys that are interesting, and whichever one wins the job is going to definitely be a high-level CFF asset. My money is on Trayshawn Ward, transfer in from Florida State. I mean, he was good at Florida State last year. People are saying that Benson is a top three, top four uh Running back for Debbie purposes. Well, Trayshawn Ward was really as good as Benson when he was on the field. Um, certainly a different kind of runner than Benson. He's not a tackle shedder like that, but nonetheless, ran for over six yards a carry last year and seven touchdowns. Um, I mean, the kid can play. What he can't do is catch passes the way Deuce Vaughn caught passes, or at least we haven't seen him do that. And that was a big part of Vaughn's profile is that dual threat ability he had. The other horse in this race 
is DJ Glidden, who is the best returning back, and again was pretty good at 89 carries for 518 yards behind Deuce Vaughn. So over five a clip. Um, both have been praised. I again, I think Ward is more experienced and the better player, but Glidden is the in-house guy. Uh, the beat reports and camp reports that I had read from the spring did not seem to indicate that it was going to be one or the others. Uh, it was definitely uh, a competition still at this point. Uh, now fall camps opened up that could change the next few days, but whichever one of these guys gets that job. Want. And uh, Ward is owned in a lot of supplementals. Glidden, less so, unless you're in a league with like, Nelly or someone like that that likes to scoop these guys up at the end of the season. Um, so wide receiver last year, despite Will Howard being somewhat productive, they didn't really have a guy that you wanted. I mean, I was pulling up the stats uh, earlier just to see, um, you know, how, how does he get to the production he had? Um, and it's, you know, there's a bunch of guys that each had like a little bit of production. Let's listen to some stat lines. Ben Sinnott was their top. Oh, Ben Sinnott, tight end. We'll talk about him in a minute. 31 catches, 447 yards. Malik Knowles, 48 catches, 725 yards. Philip Brooks, 45 catches, 587 yards. So they kind of slung it around a little bit. I think, I don't know if you could check for me, Kyle, but I think Knowles is gone, if I recall correctly. Yes, Malik Knowles is gone. Yeah, Malik Knowles is gone. I, I think I think both of their top pass catchers from last year are gone. So the big name for me transferring in is a guy that I've liked for a couple of seasons who basically missed last year, and that was Iowa transfer Keegan Johnson. Uh, Johnson was good as a crew freshman on an abysmal Iowa squad. Um, just, you know, a team that does not throw to the wide receivers. He had some really nice secondary metrics, like a big rap guy, uh, you know, getting yards after contact. And uh, I don't see anyone in that room that should stop him from being the guy. You know, and if he could come in and put up 700 yards and, you know, six touchdowns like um, Malik Knowles did last year, that's a decent CFF asset. It's not high end, but more is the point with Keegan Johnson for me is he's a guy that could put together a couple of good seasons and get drafted. I mean, really had a good profile uh, as a freshman. The lost season hurts, but. Uh, I think, you know, a good year this year and then maybe a nice senior year. And he's a guy that can find his way to playing on Sundays. And as I mentioned earlier, tight end Ben Sinnott, Ben Sinnott was good last year, uh, broke out in his last six games. So he had 400 yards, but those were really concentrated at the end of the year. So this is a guy on an upward trajectory could really exceed that 400 yard mark this year. And that 400 yard marks like, that's literally like bare minimum for like a CFF tight end that you're going to play sometimes. It's like eight, 10 points a game. Um, so, you know, Sinnott is a guy that could be a useful asset more in that like top 20 tight end type range this year. 
Uh, and again, like who else is getting the passes? Uh, he was, I believe, the leading receiver in the spring game as well. So a lot going for Mr. Sinnott. Not a lot else to talk about here of K-State, except for the one exciting freshman they have, who will be Avery Johnson, dual threat guy, prolific in high school. Uh, I think the knock on him is, is he more of an athlete than a quarterback? Uh, can he you know, adjust to the next level? It's kind of some of the things I've seen in, in evaluations of him. Uh, like, does he have really the the savvy um, to be at the next level? But nonetheless, I think he's a guy that's going to wreck shop at, at the college level. Yeah, the, the CFF asset. So I think like my biggest issue with Johnson and a lot of what I've heard is like just the competition he faced. Like it's so hard to evaluate him when he's playing against farm boys in Kansas. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's Alan definitely Fair, a dual threat. Like he's, he's been clocked at 21.1 miles per hour, which is insane for a quarterback. Um, yeah. His his fundamentals are all right. They, they're they not great. Um, he's, he's definitely I mean, a raw he's guy, but who has, who has, like, this athleticism that could be incredible. But you know what I think of when I think of his profile coming in? I think Max Dugan. You know, that kind of profile as an incoming guy, just hyper athlete, a little bit rough as a passer, turned into a pretty good CFF asset and even got himself, you know, drafted. So, you know, not not a bad future if that's what happens to Avery Johnson. I like that. You got anything else on K-State? No, you want to see where I rank these guys and tell me why I'm wrong? Let's look. Um, yeah, I love Ward there. I think that's aggressive, but they're gonna throw. You know, they're gonna they're gonna use the running backs. Um, I put Sinod a little bit lower. I don't know. I guess that's probably fine. Man. If he's their top pass catching yeah. action, then that's good. I mean, Fairchild's good. Alvin Smith could go for seven hundred yards. RJ Maryland could be. A yeah, guy. I think I think Smith just needs to be higher. I think that's our issue. Yeah, it could be. I mean, Koza went for like 600 yards last year, you know? Uh, that whole group here, I think we could really argue up and down. Uh, you know, the David Martin Robinson through RJ Maryland, I think is pretty fluid there. Those are all guys that have a solid floor and some upside, you know? None of them yeah. are going to be the tight end one. But, I mean, if Jalen Conyers went for 800 yards this year, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't sure. be surprised if Dalvin Smith did it either. Um, I would be surprised if Fairchild did it, actually. I think he's just – there's just a floor that's higher. Just him. a guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Keegan Johnson for CFF looks fine. I am throwing Keegan Johnson on our Debbie list, too. Again, has a really nice profile uh, for what he's done, but – needs to show us something this year, but I certainly am not leaving him off my Debbie list. All right. Let's rock. What you got? What you got? Last one is Houston for me. Um, another, you know, strong offense. I really did load the show sheet in my favor this week. Um, but yeah, you did. I don't want to hear about it. So 
<laughs> revoked. Um, Privileges revoked. <laughs> I will make echo sheets from now on. <laughs> well, you should just do it earlier in the week to prevent me from doing it. <laughs> Houston loses their OC in the uh, the coaching carousel, and Dana Holgerson just decides to not hire a new one. So Dana Holgerson will be calling plays and taking full control of the offense this year. Um, and there will be a lot of – I like it. I mean, Holgerson's been a successful play caller for a number of years, so I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I, I don't think it's an improvement either. I think it will just be the same offense, um, just maybe a little better. I don't know. But there will be a lot of changes in talent at Houston – um, Clayton Toon goes pro, um, their star quarterback for the last two seasons. Wide receiver Tank Dell also goes pro. I mean, he's a third-round draft pick by the Texans, so good on him. And then freshman breakout in 2021, Alton McCaskill transfers to Colorado at the running back position. So new starters at quarterback and wide receiver – uh, running back will be the same, similar guys to last year, but but somebody's going to need to step step up. At quarterback, it's looking like it will be former Texas Tech quarterback Donovan Smith, who actually beat Houston in double overtime last year. So um, he seems to be in the lead. Um, the other guy that is in the competition is the former Houston backup from last year, who transferred a year ago from Arkansas. Lucas Coley. Um, Holgerson's actually been quoted as saying both of them are going to play during the season. Uh, so that's pretty gross. Yeah. I don't believe it, though. I was reading this earlier today. Just if you have for a supplemental. Yeah. And it's always like Donovan Smith. Oh, and, <laughs> and, and, and the other guy. And the other guy. I just, and then Smith's yeah. dad's on the staff. Oh. <laughs> It's like a running back coach or something. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't think Donovan Smith's a very good passer, though. It's kind of my concern. I mean, the system's great and everything, but like. You no, know, he's been like 58% yeah. passer. I don't know. I mean, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. So I don't know. I'm not super excited about the quarterback position, but like. In this system, anything can happen. Like, it's a good, really good system. Um, so if Donovan Smith does work it out, you know, under Holgerson, I mean, that's that's definitely something to watch for CFF. Um, in terms of the running back room, former USC four-star Brandon Campbell was kind of the guy last year. Um, he split carries with uh, redshirt Frey freshman Stacy Sneed. Um, Campbell had 90 carries, 435 yards, and four touchdowns, while Sneed had 76, 501 yards, and five touchdowns. Sneed is a tiny little guy. He's 5'11", 175. That is incredibly thin for a running back um, and probably limits him from ever, you know, being like the, the RB1 taking all the carries. And then they also add a former West Virginia running back, Tony Mathis Jr., who was um, 
recruited at West Virginia by Dana Holgerson. So he's reunited. Last season, he had 135 carries, 562 yards, and five touchdowns. I think this backfield is going to be pretty ugly and pretty useless. I think all three of these guys are going to see the field, and all three of them are going to be okay, but not great. Mm. Yeah, Mathis wasn't good enough to keep um, Donaldson off the kid we like at West Virginia off the field, right? So yeah, but he's like a uh, yeah. fifth or sixth year senior now, so. Should be all yeah. right. I mean, I guess That's gross. How do you even rank these guys? Because like it could be Campbell. Do you rank these guys? I thought it I, could I, be I Campbell know. last year, and then it wasn't. That's kind of my issue. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right. I mean, I think it's Mathis, honestly, but I'm going to rank him pretty low. Yeah, I think it's fair. But the one position group on this roster that is just way better than the other two is the wide receiver group. Um, Tank Dell last season had 109 receptions, 1,398 yards, and 17 touchdowns. And I still think this wide receiver group is amazing without him. Um, Matt, Matthew Golden, freshman four-star last season, had 38 receptions, 584 yards, and seven touchdowns. I mean, this is a guy who is like has true debut potential, will be a star for CFF most likely this season and next. And I think is a, is a great wide receiver. And then he's also joined by two other four stars who are freshmen this year. Um, for some reason, Holgerson can recruit wide receiver like no other. Um, and those are Mikhail Harrison pilot who is six foot one ninety has a verified one hundred meter time of a eleven point oh two, which is fast enough, but not super fast. And um, he also has nine hundred eighty six receiving yards in the last two seasons, playing in Texas six A. Um, not super impressive in like the statistical profile. Nothing pops out on his athleticism, but. I know the film grinders who watched Harrison Pilot seemed to have liked him for the most part. I've heard like some Mikal Harrison Pilot hype, so I think that's interesting. And then they also add four-star Jonah Wilson, who is six foot two, one ninety-five. Last season as a senior, also in Texas six A football, had seventy-seven receptions, one thousand three hundred forty-one yards, and thirteen touchdowns. Obviously, it's hard to you know, compare high school stats between two players who could have played in wildly different systems. But, um, you know, the, the stats jump off the page for Jonah Wilson in comparison I mean, to Harrison Pilot. 6A, so. Yeah, and both, yeah. Both but, like, teams. you don't know, the kid MHP could have had a Wishbone. terrible quarterback yeah. throwing to him <laughs> or a great running back, you know? Yeah. Uh, do you want to rank those guys for Debbie? Yes. I like Wilson more. Um, but I think they're both they're both like four stars, probably top 20, 25 guys in the class. Um, so, yeah, I think Wilson goes higher than that. I mean, Benny Ngoe is like, like a top 35 guy in the class for me. So uh, right behind Keegan Johnson. 
It's yeah. behind Tiger Botmeyer yeah. and DeAndre Moore. Definitely, yeah. I, that feels. You want him right. above Amari and Miller? No. Well, I personally have him above Amari and Miller, but you really like Amari and Miller, which is why he's high. I just and, think that there's a good quarterback there, and if he doesn't go to the NFL this year, then there's a chance for Amari and Miller to do well. And I think if Sanders stays there, he's going to continue to recruit well. Um, Papa Sanders. I also think he might like get his son to the NFL and quit. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. I, I don't know. know, dude. He's kind of a maniac. Yeah. But you're right, you're right. He probably wants the role. Um, I think He's Sam Brown has got to get ranked for CFS, too. Yeah. They also have some returning wide receivers who aren't freshmen. Um, Samuel Brown transferred in from West Virginia last year as a sophomore last year and immediately put up 41 receptions, 471 yards, and four touchdowns. So, yeah, I think it's with Tank Dell gone, um, their wide receiver three last year, Keyshawn Carter, is also gone. Um, it's pretty easy to project Sam Brown to a profitable CFF role. Um, Joseph Manjack also returns after 158 yards and a touchdown last season. And then they bring in transfer wide receiver Joshua Cobbs from Wyoming who had 35 receptions, 470 yards, and two touchdowns at Wyoming last season. But that is, like, the best statistical output at Wyoming last year. They were pretty abysmal passing Wyoming, that's like a 1,000-yard season. Yeah. So <laughs> Cobbs is a player to watch, too. Um, I'm, I'm personally betting that we see, you know, Golden as the clear wide receiver one, and then Brown and Cobbs are the other two guys in the field. Um and then the freshmen yeah, get I, mixed in throughout the season. but So I've ranked it like I went back and forth on Golden, but I kind of ranked it like he's going to go nuts this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you could put him higher than that too. I could see him as high as like Odell Hilaire range, but I mean, I think he's a thousand-yard receiver this year. Yeah, I mean, I Tank Dell clearly... was what, like a top three wide receiver last year, if not yeah. one? But I mean, as a fourth-year player, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with a better with, quarterback. With, like, less talent around him. And so, yeah. I don't think you could give Tank Dell's stat line to Matthew Golden. No, but absolutely I do not. Think you can give him the vast majority of the targets there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could argue, like, Hood and Burgess and Matthew Golden. Um, but I think that's the right range. I could put him as high as, you know. I mean, his ceiling is literally top five wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really the point I'm trying to make with the Tank Dell thing. Like yeah. the ceiling's insane, but I think I don't think we see that ceiling until next year. And I think next year we're talking about you know Golden as a top five CFF wide receiver at yeah. this time. I, I can get down with that. He is only a like sophomore. Do- Did you like where I put Donovan Smith for CFF? I like it more than Casey Thompson, but. I don't like him more than Casey Thompson or EJ Warner or Taylor Green. I like Warner a lot. Taylor Green, throw him below those guys. I like Byron Brown more if he's a starter. Like you, I like I think USF more too, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, oh, right. 
Yeah, I like all these. Moving on, onward and upward from the bowels of the south up to West Virginia, the Mountaineers, always a good time. Um, so the Mountaineers lost a quarterback. They have a true quarterback, lost a quarterback. What are you looking at? It was Nico Maricol, the starter last year. No, Garrett Green was the starter at the end of the season. At the end of the season. Who started yeah. at the beginning of the season? Freaking, um, not Slovis, JT. Slovis. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. JT Daniels. And then he got injured. JT in Daniels. Round, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, JT Daniels down to the G5 level. And now we're left with Garrett Green, last year's returner, and Nico Maricol. Um, both mobile guys. Um, I think Green keeps the job his second year in the system. He was better in the spring yeah. game, both as a passer and a runner. And so, he wasn't bad last year at the end, at the end of the year. His first year starting, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's Green. I think Green's got some upside if you were in a very deep league, but he's probably more of like a watch list guy at this point. That is yeah. run, you know. He had like a handful of carries for, you know, 30 or 40 yards in the spring game. So, um, always interested in a mobile quarterback, um, take it over. But I don't think you need to draft him. I think he's a guy to keep in mind on waivers and nothing else. Um, running back is obviously the strength of this team. We return CJ Donaldson, who is a large man that runs the ball pretty damn well. Um, last year was his first year playing the position, and he was a very valuable CFF asset. It was just wreck and chop, dropping 100-yard games, punching touchdowns in. Um, you know, the film nerds will tell you that he wasn't a great running back, but I pose to you, this is the kid's first year playing the position. Did you expect him to be, you know um, – running with all of the instincts of a veteran. Like, no, certainly not. But his productivity at that young of an age gives me just a ton of excitement for the upside of C.J. Donaldson in his second year. And uh, I, I think he's a Debbie asset. I don't know how fast he is, but I believe he's like a 4'6"-ish guy, which is fine because he's like 240 pounds, 230 pounds. Um, so yeah, I don't think he's Derrick Henry, but can he make it into the NFL as a power back or a power back plus, uh, if he catches some passes that why the hell not, you know, um, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trading for him. Like he is a high level Debbie asset, but I'm certainly, uh, not trying to get him off my roster either. He's going to be a guy that's fun to own for the next couple of years here that we were talking about earlier, basically kicked Tony Mathis out the door. Um, they do have some other interesting guys there, and they did rotate pieces a little bit last year, so I think that's worth talking about. They have Jalen Anderson, who himself had um, a ton of uh, Debbie hype, DFF hype when he came in a couple of years ago, lost a season to eligibility issues, got into the rotation last year and went off in one of the last games for like 120 yards, uh, really like explosive performance. 
he wasn't that great in the spring game. I don't think he's a real threat to Donaldson, but might be a guy that transfers out, does something somewhere else. Uh, catches passes well too, so maybe he becomes the third down back, the change of pace guy there. I could buy that. Um, they did have a true freshman that stood out in the spring game, was really explosive, got you know numerous mentions, um, and you know it racked up some yardage. I believe was the second leading rusher after Donaldson's spring game. So that's a guy to pay attention to too. Although it's such a crowded backfield, who is that? It's tough to give him a role without you know Anderson uh, transferring out. And there's other bodies there as well, just not people that I thought were really worth talking about for our well, purposes. What was that freshman's name? Uh, I believe it was Jaheim White. Jaheim White. That's how I wrote it down. Jaheim White. Yep. I could have typed five it, foot but... nine, one eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely more Three of a star. change of pace guy, but um, just got a lot of hype in the spring game. Um, so wide receiver. <laughs> And they had some guys last year. They had Bryce Ford Wheaton, who went on to the NFL. They had Hayden Prather, who was pretty good. Both of those guys went for like 500 and change yards. Um, so for CFF purposes, no one I want here. No one here with a high enough profile for me to assume they're going to be a Debbie asset. I just I don't Ford think. Wheaton was pretty good. Yeah. He went for like 500 yards. So let me let me tell you what he did. 675 yards. You get a shit ton of touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. 62 receptions. Yeah, the reception so. But that's still not a CFF asset. I mean, it's like yeah. a bad CFF asset, like a roster clause, yeah. you know. Um, and again, they had the kid Sam James actually got a few more uh, targets, but I believe he's out the door as well. Uh, fewer targets, but he was their their deep threat guy. Um, they got a kid transferred in named Devin Carter, who is, quote, expected to be a featured weapon in their offense. Uh, seems like a bit of an athlete. So we'll see how that goes. And a at tight end, they got guy. a kid transferred. What's up? A fifth-year guy from North Carolina State. Yeah, yep, yep. He, he has guy four straight year, seasons of just under 500 yards. So. <laughs> yeah. I feel like NC State does that, though. They just, like, they spread the ball around. I've tried so many times to find, like, oh, yeah. this guy's got height. Uh, maybe this is the year NC State has a good receiver. And it's never panned out for me to date. Um, but it could happen. And then they get a tight end in Kobe Taylor, transfer from LSU who did go off in the spring game, got some hype. So he could be a thing. Um, I don't know if he's, you know, CFF rank him. I think he's more of like watch list this guy just in case. Because again, like not a lot of like really high end guys there. Not a lot of names that that are standing out. Uh, So why not him? I mean, Bryce Ford Wheaton was a big athletic guy, touchdown magnet. Could this kid take that role? Sure. You know, I think he was the, the leading receiver in spring game and the second leading receiver. He had like uh, three catches for 52 yards and something like that. So that's what I got on WGU. Senior? 
Kobe? Cole? Cole. I, I don't no, know. I didn't look up his uh, a seven junior. Yeah. And I see you found a freshman that's worth talking about. Yeah, Rodney Gallagher. I mean, he's a guy who's, you know, wide receiver 50-ish in the class. And um, he's somebody that I like, though, personally, just more than most people. Um, he, you know, popped off to me when I was looking at deep guys in the class. Um, three-star. Yeah, he's a three-star. He's the, – the thing about Gallagher is that it's so easy to project him as a starter – for day one at West Virginia. And I think that's right. kind of the, the, the thing that makes him interesting. He's not necessarily super athletic. He's only 5'9", 165. He has good hands, and I think he'll be in the slot, and he'll probably help them move the chains. But he's not like a game-breaker in any way, but I think he is a, uh, a guy who's probably going to pop in, you know, when we're looking at freshman stats – for next season, I think Rodney Gallagher is going to be one of the more productive freshmen just because the path is so clear for him. Yeah, he's going to be a guy that's on my spreadsheets week four, right? Because he's yeah. the fifth breathing receiver in the class just because there's no one else there to catch passes. Yeah. Um, see, I'm cool with these Donaldson rankings. I think you're you're aggressive with him. And I mean, you're, pro you're proposing he's a 22-point-per-game player for CFF, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Wiley's. Yeah, I think Wiley and White are twenty last year. Yeah. Maybe I'm just low on Wiley. I, I mean, what else are they going to do? Mobile quarterback, maybe add some efficiency for Donaldson. Um, kid will score twelve touchdowns this year, unless the offense is a complete trash bag. And then, yeah, I think he's a Debbie asset too. I don't think there's anyone behind him that's really a killer that you have on that list. And uh, and there's yeah, not nobody that's proved else. It. What? I said, yeah, not that's proved it. There's plenty of guys with, you know, NFL yeah, yeah, size and speed, but like. Potential, but. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And I think that's going to be the thing for Donaldson. Like, if he actually, like, is fast or gets fast then he could be like a really high level deadly asset. But if he's running a four, six, doesn't catch passes, it's tough to get super excited about him. You know, it's the kind of guy you see, he's going to go into the NFL and be a committee back. Right. Yeah. He's what, like Chris Rodriguez. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think maybe, yeah, a bit more explosive, but yeah, same idea. Um, are we done with the Big 12? Heck yeah. The Big 14. Woo woo, Big 14, Big 14. So what's that leave us with? Three conferences left. We got the Big 10, the ACC, and SEC. And the SEC. I think we do Very it in that exciting. order. Instead of West to East, we just leave the SEC for last because the SEC will just knock every single – Every single down. one of these down. We're just going to be except for Caleb. People. Except for Caleb. Yeah. Baxter will still be floating around somewhere. Sanders will still be near the top, but Sanders otherwise. will be second. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, my man. 
I appreciate you. Uh, if you made it this far and you like this content, make sure you subscribe. We need your support. Follow Kyle on the Twitter. He is at KO underscore fantasy. And I am, of course, at EK Baller. Uh, we love your reviews. We love your support. Follow, subscribe. And Maybe. Uh, yeah, let us know and what you'd like to see us do here. Do you want fancier graphics? Do you want more witty banter? How can we make these podcasts more edifying and entertaining for you? Uh, maybe in, maybe in future episodes we'll go through a full one without Eric having a technical issue. <laughs> We're uh, over two this month, so <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> All right. For Kyle, I'm EK. We're off. He just left. He, he, it's still live. He just left. <laughs>